0: Welcome and bienvenido to this week's edition of Chelsea Miked Up on today's show. I don't like saying today's show because I never know when you're listening to this. But on this episode, we'll look back at Chelsea's dominant 3-0 win over Burnley. That's right. No bottom half teams come into the bridge anymore and take points away from Chelsea. We'll talk to a couple of blues associated with my favorite team, the Miami Heat. Kendrick Nunn is putting out an outstanding rookie campaign, and he's a Chelsea fan. We'll talk to him. We'll break down a double match week, Chris. That's very exciting. My neutral observer Chris Whittingham friend is over here nodding his
1: head. Say something. They're playing Newcastle and Arsenal. You brought so much to the table
0: just now, Chris Whittingham. (laughs) We will share your votes for our midseason awards, and I will go crazy signing everybody. That's right. Mbappe to Chelsea. I made that up. Let's get into it. Chelsea mic'd up. Sounds
1: surf, surf. Man, I got man I got swag yeah. I'll be in a blue shirt chasing a back that have been
0: All right Chelsea fans. fans what an exciting performance let's get into this 3-0 against Burnley I welcome in once again neutral observer Chris Whittingham I'm pretty sure Reese James is Roberto Carlos I'm just saying that right now he is spectacular you're gonna need to talk me down because I think this is one of the more dynamic right backs in world football right now and I know he's only played a handful of games Chris Whittingham don't
1: talk me down now I'm concerned about what his appearance on Chelsea Mic'd Up is going to sound like because we've been told by the club that Reese James is a forthcoming guest of Chelsea Mic'd Up and one of the I, perks y- of being the official podcast of
0: Chelsea of FC. course
1: but you're gonna fawn over Reese James if, if this run of form continue and look every reason as a matter of fact Frank Lampard was saying that this is like, we're just scratching the surface on Reese James because I don't think that Chelsea players are accustomed to this level of crossing. Like, it is so good that I think these balls are flying through the six-yard box and it's like, there's no one there to respond to them because when has this ever happened? This is such a high level of crossing from Reese James and that's just the beginning of of his talents. He's offering so much of this attack right now that I really think that they're only starting to begin. And the goal comes from it was a good cross that comes from an unlikely situation it's that looping ball that comes for Tammy Abraham for the for the second goal but that's not really a mark of what he's done so far it, he has so much to offer to this Chelsea side that we're only just seeing the beginning of so Roberto Carlos was actually not giving him enough credit
0: <laughs> it is going to be really <laughs> uncomfortable when he joins us next <laughs> month on this pod over under like seven and a half fake laughs from me just like he'll be hello and I'll ju- I might actually just literally say the word guffaw <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am I'm so actually guffawing Chris, I well, I'm, I'm so in, I'm... in love with this player I think he is so good I think he is in value to what Chelsea and Frank Lampard are tactically trying to accomplish. He fills a gaping hole, and I think he makes everybody better. Hell, Azpilicueta's been feeling frisky as of late, and those crosses have been improving. This is really important to Chelsea, what Reese James offer them. It's a dynamic they've been severely lacking, and he's another one of these young academy products, and it feels like every week, and it doesn't get old saying this, we're freaking out about a new Academy product every week that is making a key contribution to what this club is trying to do. This is golden generation type stuff that might be building at Stamford Bridge.
1: And the other huge outcome from the game is Callum hudson Doy getting on the score sheet for the first time in the another, Premier League. Another Academy product. Another Academy I am, product.
0: I am so happy that Callum hudson Doy, who... Look, I know the injury was certainly adversity, but on the field, he hasn't really faced
1: adversity. And he's, what, 19 years old? It's faced a setback in yeah. terms of like him playing poorly. From the moment he stepped on the pitch for Chelsea, he's been excellent.
0: Yeah, and admittedly, he was pressing, and it it wasn't very good what we had seen from Callum Hudson and Doy. And the last two matches sort of remind me of what we saw with Tammy Abraham, the way that he responded to missing the PK In the uh, Super Cup, this is someone that is rising to the occasion. This is someone that sees your criticism. You know he's young. You know he's checking social media. He's active on there. He's taking a lot of these things to heart. And instead of going into a hole, instead of his performance suffering, he has answered those critics back
1: with his feet and the other thing too is you have to give Frank Lampard credit because and Jody Morris credited in the whole whole coaching setup because we talked about last season how Maurizio Sarri was forced into playing Callum Hudson-Odoi because Callum Hudson-Odoi was so good every time in the Europa League and the FA Cup that Maurizio Sarri threw him on
0: and I honestly think Callum Hudson-Odoi in those cup competitions considering where Chelsea was in the league play sort of struggling they absolutely needed those results in cup competitions and this is just my theory I think Callum Hudson-Odoi's performance in those cup competitions won a long way to making sure Maurizio sorry, finished that campaign Wasn't fired in February it yeah. fe- it would, I mean we all remember the the criticisms were loud
1: yeah and, and Calam hudson basically earned his way with merit into playing and I think if Maurizio sorry, were still the manager then these bad performances means that he doesn't play again When we talk about the manager trusting the youth, it's not just about trusting them to give them a try, it's trusting them to give them a try, and then when they don't play poorly, giving them another try, especially at this high of a level. This is a club that's trying to compete for titles, that's trying to compete for Champions Leagues, to win the domestic cups that they play in, and giving young players an opportunity to fail is generally not something that these clubs do. Frank Lampard has done that with this player Kalamatsu Ndoy failed in some small ways in his comeback, but now you're starting to see the rewards of trusting this player to continue to deliver. One of the cool moments that we saw on the broadcast here in the States was after that goal was
0: there was a sideline shot of Jody and Frank and you could tell they were trying to conceal their mouths a little bit but they were legitimately happy for the kid and they didn't want to be overall like effusive with their praise on the sideline or super boisterous and have crazy body language that the media would pick up but you could see they worked hard on the training ground and they know how hard Callum hudson Doy has worked and some of the criticisms that he faced And it was really cold to see. And Callum Hudson and Doyle is going to be needed here until some signings come in because there has been a pretty key injury to one of Chelsea's key wingers, and that is the American,
1: one of our favorites, Christian Pulisic. Yeah, Christian Pulisic, it was revealed by Frank Lampard in the press conference before this match uh, here. He said, quote, Christian Pulisic is out and will be out for a few weeks. He was injured in training last Friday. It was an adductor injury, so it's a tendon. Disappointing for us, and we'll have to see how quickly he recovers because it is quite a nasty injury, he said. So a few weeks could turn into a month, and this is an area where Chelsea have been rumored to potentially be signing as well. But in the interim, it's Pedro, Willian, and Hudson Adoy, they're going to have to care. And to a lesser extent, I imagine Mason Mel will get a run out in this area as well. But these wide areas are where Hudson Adoy is going to have to step up. You had
0: been paying close attention to Christian's career over in the Bundesliga. And as mm-hmm. a Chelsea fan and, and American, I would occasionally, when it's, I mean, Bruce Dortmund isn't on American television all that often. And Champions League, I certainly saw some of his performances and he impressed. But. This is something that has followed Christian Pulisic around. The uh, inability at times to stay healthy. How much is this a concern for fans going forward? Because over the last few years, he has had some adversity he's had to face concerning some of these injuries.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you go back and look at his injury history. There isn't a ton of it. There are just sort of passages with injuries and also from an American point of view we also noticed them more because it always seemed that it happened around the time of internationals right mm-hmm. around the time that he was due to be called then oh he picked up a little muscle injury here but they were smaller I think what you're seeing with with Chelsea is in its uh, physical demands it's an entirely different proposition playing in England as opposed to playing uh, in Germany or in Italy as Jorginho told us here on the podcast and I just think he has small issues his longest spell out uh, he had a torn muscle for about two months with Dortmund. And Chris, to your point, though, he may have worked himself
0: back, but at that point, he needs to work himself into form. Mm -hmm. A club like Dortmund has excellent players. We obviously saw the ascension of Jadon Sancho Mm -hmm. over there with Dortmund, and it took a while for Christian to get regular playing time and he sort of came online towards the end of the season and started finally putting on some good performances but he was really struggling to get on the field and be effective in those games as he worked mm-hmm. himself back from last year and the injuries that he faced
1: yeah i mean so i'm looking at on on Transfermarkt, which is a great sort of database they have a list of all of his injuries that have cost him to miss games now the concern is that it's a fairly long list but it's really only One game, two games most that he's missing. And we'll see what this first really big injury he's had here at Chelsea uh, will cause him to miss. But it it seems as though he sort of carries a bunch of knocks and maybe they take him a bit longer. But I I don't think he has a long-term injury problem that maybe because he's slight or because he's slender. I, I think he'll generally be okay. I just think he might be a player that carries the odd knock every now and again. One last talking point
0: from the week that was at Chelsea. And I think that's a performance of Ross Barkley, mm. someone that uh, might've been forgotten as he dealt with his own injury woes but uh, the cup competition against Nottingham Forest allowed him the opportunity to get back into the starting 11, and I think we saw some real positive things from Ross Barkley. Some of the things that Frank Lampard was looking for in being able to break down a defensive side, Ross Barkley was doing that without hesitation, getting the ball to Reese James, pushing the ball ahead. I mean, Ross Barkley has always had a knack for going for goal, so that sort of aggression, that killer instinct... That's sort of what Ross Barkley is all about, and he can absolutely help Chelsea when they're up against a team that's probably a little bit more defensive-minded, Chris.
1: Which is, I think, Chelsea's biggest problem area from this campaign so far, and I give real credit to Frank Lampard here for finding a solution, because he played a very attacking central midfield. There's usually one player, maybe now Conte's injury kind of forces this, but You look at the midfield that he played, Jorginho, Barkley, Mount. That is a very attacking midfield. Those are two guys, I mean, Mount played as a number 10 for Derby last year and has played as a number 10 for Chelsea. And Ross Barkley grew up playing as a number 10 in behind a striker at Everton and has played that role for England as well. So these are attacking-minded players. Jorginho is as well in the way that he distributes. So they were trying to figure out the answers. And I think it's a great idea to kind of play... A midfielder's got some solidity and Ross Barkley can do some defending, albeit not at the level of Conte or Kovacic, but has that creative mind. And I think he brought to the table exactly what Frank Lampard yeah, asked him. Perhaps not the answer for
0: every team you match up with of in the Premier League, but certainly an answer that they were struggling to find when you look at some of these, man, these results against Bournemouth and West Ham, they just sort of look worse and worse as time goes by. And you could have certainly used that skill set, and that just so happened. Those games happened when Ross Barkley was out injured. So perhaps this is a good sign for some of what Chelsea has been struggling up against. Another thing of note was Mason Mount, sort of a tale between two halves. Mm-hmm. I thought he really struggled in the first half and in the second half, he
1: was absolutely stellar. Yeah, I mean, doing what Mason Mount does, running around, causing problems and getting into every dangerous position and trying to combine with Tammy Abraham and put in crosses and really fit in with the Frank Lampard style of play. It was really funny and cool really to see him after the game because Frank Lampard said that he didn't take any players off as a sub because he was just enjoying watching Chelsea play. He's like, what, what am I gonna change this when I'm enjoying it, the stadium is enjoying it, they're implementing everything that I wanted to see, what am I gonna change this for? Love my manager, love my club, and another thing that you may or may not know about me
0: is I love basketball and my hometown, Miami Heat, and I was delighted to find out that this organization, and we'll get into it with John Crotty, their television voice, and Kendrick Nunn, who's having a brilliant rookie campaign, I think there are a lot of parallels between the Miami Heat organization and Chelsea, so we'll get into that with them. This is a real exciting thing, especially for our American audience. Anytime you find some Blues fans out there in some of the other sports, it's always good to throw your support behind them. I know Donovan Mitchell just recently got a Christian Pulisic jersey, and he seems pretty jazzed up about that, no pun intended.
2: <laughs> Thank why, you. Yeah.
0: Why not uh, pun intended? Uh, pun intended. He was, was Utah a great- jazzed up. So we will talk to Kendrick Nunn, who many think is right up there with John Morant as a Rookie of the Year contender, certainly in the Eastern Conference. I mean, he's outpacing some of Dwayne Wade's rookie scoring output. So this is a real exciting interview for us. And John Crotty, who went to one of the great soccer universities in the country at the University of Virginia, has a, a high acumen when it comes to soccer. It has a lot of good relationships out there. Has actually gone to Stanford Bridge. So John Crotty and Kendrick Nunn joining us next on Chelsea Mic'd Up.
1: Get the latest Chelsea news straight to your phone. Download the FitStand app, the official Chelsea app. Welcome back
0: to Chelsea Mic'd Up. Now, we are actually at the American Airlines Arena right now, and this is great for me because in addition to being a true blue, a Chelsea supporter, I'm also a Heat fan. So I was thrilled when I found out from the Miami Heat that Kendrick Nunn is also a Chelsea supporter. This is very exciting. I just walked up, and that's the best way to greet somebody, hand them a Chelsea jersey. You've got a personalized, uh, direct from the club, Chelsea, Kendrick Nunn, number 25 jersey. First off, uh, I'd like to ask you a few questions about your passion for the club, and then we can get into basketball, maybe a little bit at the tail end. Yeah. Um, but how'd you become a Chelsea fan?
2: Um, I got into it just playing FIFA. Uh, I like FIFA. Uh, my off time, I just play play on the, the Xbox One, and uh, I became a fan of Chelsea as one of the teams that I pick. Yeah.
0: Who yeah. was doing the most damage for you when you were playing with uh, with Chelsea? Who was your go-to goal scorer in FIFA? Because this is a story that we've actually heard on Chelsea Mike that plenty, and that's a very American story. People. Plug in that game, and they find their club. They realize either Ashley Cole. I may be dating myself. Friend of the pod, Ashley Cole. <laughs> Ashley Cole's a beast at left back. But who was a guy that was your go-to when you needed a goal in FIFA? Who was a player?
2: Mm. That's a hard one because I'm kind of evenly evened out guy. Like. All of them do damage for me. Oh,
0: so sorry ball. He was a sorry ball guy. It wasn't always just Hazard. You you would play crosses and back. everybody. So you play FIFA for a couple games. You establish, I'm a Chelsea guy. I'm always picking this team. And then it probably evolves a little bit into actually watching them on television, which is a very American story. So your Premier League morning, Saturday. Chelsea are usually on the TV. It's yeah. actually quite nice if you're a college football fan. it goes right into it <laughs> yeah. Chelsea ten a m does uh, your relationship with Chelsea start growing and evolving and you start watching them on TV because that's your FIFA team
2: yeah, um, as I became a supportive fan of them um just watching them uh, long as on TV or whenever I can watch them I mean I'm always excited to see them play and it's um uh, I recognize them every time I see. The team is because I pick him on FIFA as one of my favorite ones.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Well, you must be pretty psyched because, obviously, it made waves over here in the United States at Chelsea. Finally have an American star, Christian Pulisic. A lot of U.S. men's national team fans, obviously, who maybe don't have a diehard team that they support all of a sudden are now gearing towards Chelsea because Christian Pulisic is starring Mm -hmm. for them. I don't know if you've had the opportunity to play with Christian Pulisic yet in FIFA, but let me tell you, whatever kind of player he is in FIFA, he is setting the Premier League on fire,
1: and (laughs) he's doing a lot better
0: now. As an American, as a fellow American, uh, can you put into perspective how exciting it must be for you to not only have Chelsea to root for, but a fellow countryman?
2: That's amazing. I mean, just, uh, I can relate to it. You know, Um, seeing him play is amazing. just, it's a relation there, you know, so being American and seeing them play for Chelsea, is it just gets me more excited. Yeah. <laughs> and now
0: we're playing in the Champions League and there's big-time group fixtures against a lot of teams. If you ever hop on FIFA, you're probably playing a lot of online friendlies against, uh, I, I doubt that they're playing Carabao fixtures is what I'm trying <laughs> to say. They're playing against major clubs like Barcelona and Juve. Chelsea have a very young team, much like the Miami Heat, counting on young players yeah. to step up, and Chelsea, like the Miami Heat, maybe not even quite as well as the Miami heat because they're killing it right now with their young guys <laughs> I appreciate um, are relying on a mixture of veteran leadership yeah. as well as youth yeah. being here on the Miami heat, having that mixture, you have Udonis over there for the leadership At, from a player's perspective. What does it mean to have a nucleus of young paired with older veterans that can help lead the way?
2: That's important. I think uh, for a team to have that balance, Uh young guys mixed with some veteran guys. You have the young hungry guys and, um, the veterans help and pave the way for them, and help them uh, along the way, and help them get better. So it's always good to have experience in your locker room to help help the younger guys.
0: Chelsea, a lot like the uh, the Miami Heat, are regarded as a first class organization. It's championship or buzz for Chelsea. Miami Heat once again gearing back up for that being the mentality here. Even though I don't think the mentality is always left. What is it like walking through a facility where that is the expectation? That is what is required of you. Championship excellence. It's such a young player.
2: Yeah. Um, I think you have to be built for it. It's not for everybody. Uh, that's one of our sayings, uh, that the Heat coach is not for everyone, but they do a good job of, of scouting. Um, just being here a part of this organization is great. Um, I'm one of those guys that, that loves competition, uh, to fight, and to battle every day on the court, and um, just trying to get wins.
0: A lot of parallels, actually, when you really think about it, between the Miami Heat and Chelsea having to turn to the youth. They had a transfer ban, not really something that's at play with the Miami Heat. They just had SARS opt out. But now that they're turning to the youth and you find yourself from day one yeah. in the starting lineup, much like Chelsea, are turning to 19-year-olds to help lead the way early on. Mm-hmm. Can you sort of describe what it's like for a team that has this sort of pedigree, a championship pedigree, championship expectations to turn to you? And one of the glamour positions in the NBA, much like Christian Pulisic, what is that like, carrying that burden on your shoulders? Do you welcome it? Do you shy away? Has there ever been a point where it's like, man, this is kind of real right now? I'm, I'm playing for the Miami Heat. I, I'm the pseudo replacement for Dwayne Wade. There's a lot on my shoulders. Is that ever too much for you?
2: No, nah, it's no burden at all. I embrace it. Uh, it's a challenge for me that I embrace. I love it. Um, I work very hard for it. And, um, you know, you just work hard for, for moments, for big moments. And a player like me that has a lot of ambition and desire, I work hard for these moments. And, um, I was ready to put it out on the floor.
0: Kendrick, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out to join us here on Chelsea Mike would Up. It's always great uh, meeting a fellow Chelsea supporter. It's always great finding out that a Heat player is a Chelsea supporter. I love Josh Richardson as a guy, but uh, his his taste in teams wasn't that great. (laughs) So it's great to have you here, and we appreciate it.
2: I appreciate that. Thanks for having me.
0: Back here on Chelsea Mic'd Up, now have the esteemed pleasure of being joined by Heat television analyst John Crotty, 11-year NBA pro, so gracious to uh, spend some time with us here. He is also a true blue, a Chelsea <laughs> supporter. We just handed him the jersey, so we sort of bribed him into doing this. So th- <laughs> thank you for taking the time. Uh, John, I was catching up with you before, and uh, you're uh, one of the uh, few American Chelsea fans that has been blessed with the opportunity to actually go to Stamford Bridge. So Before we get into how you discovered Chelsea and how they were put on your radar and how you got about supporting them, let's get into your actual game experience at Stamford Bridge because not a lot of people know what that's like.
3: So incredible. Had a great opportunity this past February actually with my wife visiting London to be able to time it up perfectly where Chelsea was playing Man U, which was an awesome game. Pretty great fiction. Yeah, I mean, it just all came together. It was kind of a, a colder night. And what was so incredible to me is having experiences of going to so many arenas and stadiums here in the U.S. It's just such a neighborhood vibe. I mean, you're coming into this area where everyone's walking and I'm like where's the, where's the actual stadium and it's it's low and it's down into the ground so you can't really appreciate it until you're all of a sudden right there and, and I mean the 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 vibe when you get in there is spectacular I mean it's world class and the fans were awesome and really gracious to us, um, you know, the people around us that, that knew uh, that we were American, it was great, and, you know, of course, the Man U fans were obnoxious as usual, yeah. right? So uh, the, it was... the
0: supporter sections uh, are always very vocal. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's why they're cordoned off over there for that's their right. own uh, sort of uh, protection. So that's uh, amazing. Not a lot of people know this, but you actually spent some playing time in Italy. I'm sure you yes. were surrounded by the beautiful game over there, but you also played your college hoops at Virginia, which is a well-known college uh, soccer power here in the United States so did you pick up a passion for the game in Italy or, or did this uh, happen sometime a little younger in your so life? I actually
3: grew up playing soccer uh, you know, as I, you know as we call it here in the, in the states uh, as a young kid in New Jersey where I'm from the Jersey Shore area played in high school and really enjoyed it and wound up specializing in basketball after playing it up through I played varsity um, my sophomore year and just focused on basketball at that point. But when I got to college at the University of Virginia, some of my best friends were actually on the University of Virginia men's soccer team and this was at, you know, the height um there's still a, a you know a national power every year, but this was at the height of them really becoming a power with Coach Bruce Arena, yeah. who obviously has is, is done so much. Went on much. to
0: uh, manage the U.S. men's national team, a name familiar with many. Tony Miola? That's correct. Tony he?
3: Miola, John Harkes. Um, oh, these, some are, of the names. these are legendary
0: names. Yeah, in, yeah and guys who went soccer.
3: overseas and were able to, you know, play at the highest level and then come back and, and be a big fixture of, of the national you know teams um, so um, and I still speak to those guys uh, to this day so with the UVA connection so it's great and and just you know I've had a chance to, and fallen you know back in love with the game and, and been watching it you know on TV and just really took to took to Chelsea and uh, what really solidified it for me was getting to, to go over there in, in London and being able to you know visit the stadium and it's
0: amazing and, a lot of these uh, kids these days we just had the opportunity to speak to Kendrick nunn a lot of people are discovering Chelsea through games like FIFA, yes, uh, and, and beating up on their friends, and then Kendrick was telling <laughs> us like that's how they became my team, uh, which is uh, which is pretty cool. That you yeah. actually have a, m- a more sort of bare bones Tangible. story, yeah, yeah which yeah, is yeah. you got there, you got to feel it. Yeah. Uh, now that you're following and you had that experience last year, being an American over there, I'm sure people were barking at you about Christian Pulisic, even though he hadn't joined the team. As an American, you probably have now that an additional connection point with the team that you probably didn't have before that was lacking. How cool is it to see an American performing at? So a high level on what is finally a glamour club that is known to many casual fans here in America.
3: Yeah, I think it's awesome. It's, it's great for for him, obviously, so happy for him and, and to get that recognition and to do it at the highest level, you know, in, in the Premier League, but I think it also will help the exposure of the game back here in the U.S. because people are absolutely rooting for him and falling, so I'm hoping he just continues to play, you know, at a high level where uh, he can spread the game to, here in the U.S.
0: We were speaking a little bit with Kendrick Nunn about sort of the championship culture here and how there were sort of parallels between the Miami Heat organization regarded as first class and Chelsea, obviously both the club and the Miami Heat franchise, the expectation every year is championship and hard work and and culture. That's a lot for young players, and Chelsea with the transfer ban are relying on young players, but they do have some veteran leadership, not unlike the Miami Heat. Lots of parallels. What's it like being a young player thrust into the bright lights of a professional team whose expectations are there and having so much weight on your shoulders? Do you lean on some of the veterans to help guide
3: you through? That's a great question, and I think I was fortunate to have an experience early my rookie year. My first three, I played for the Utah Jazz, which had a lot of older established veterans like John Stockton, like Carl Malone, who are you know, Hall of Fame caliber players. And those guys absolutely set the tone for us younger players. And it makes you as a younger player realize what it takes to be a professional. I watched what they did every day. I, I tried to mimic some of the things they did in terms of preparation, in terms of taking care of their bodies after games. Um, and it, I think it's incredibly helpful. And the smart players, the, the smart young guys are going to try to you know watch some of those older players but i think it's important to your point about culture to have a good mix you know you want to have the older established players but you got to have that youthful enthusiasm and and growth and and to keep it fresh and and i i feel like that's happening right now with the miami heat and it's been a really nice mix because you know we're seeing the older guys really empower the younger guys jimmy butler in particular um the phrase coach spo has used is you know like breathed Confidence, um, you know, pushed confidence onto these younger players, and it just happened in the last game with some of the plays that Spo made. I mean, uh, Jimmy Butler made setting up Tyler Hero, who mm-hmm. knocks, you know, three threes down in critical moments, and it was Jimmy Butler that yeah. was looking for him.
0: The The parallels are pretty remarkable when you actually analyze it. One last question before we let you go. Starting your career, backing up a player like John Stockton, obviously you're not going to get the call every night <laughs> in place of one of the greatest point guards of all time, but I'm sure soccer players can sort of find parallels with that as well because we have players on Chelsea right now, Michi Batshuayi, who at a moment's notice can be called into a very important striker position. Chelsea have a relatively deep team, and with all the added fixtures, they're, they're calling on some players that maybe aren't called on every time. How did you say ready as a professional? Did you just spend the first couple of years of your career just mimicking John Stockton as your sort of template?
3: I think you have to find that guy that you can learn from, but you certainly have to keep, you know, your, your own principles and your own beliefs and, 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 you know, be true to who you are to continue to play and, and believe in yourself. I think confidence is huge in all sports. So I think that comes from within. It definitely comes from experience too. Uh, but I, I think it takes incredibly mental discipline and strength to, to stay ready. People don't realize how hard that is because you know, you're you always keeping yourself sharp in every which way and you may not get the chance to play and it's, it, it's, like, it's like Murphy's Law where you'll look up you know, in the stands and not be paying attention and that's when your number is called if you're not ready. So it's really hard to do but I think in the long run you can learn a lot from watching guys who are really talented ahead of you, and then and then bring it when you get your chance.
0: Always got to maintain professionalism and uh, a sharp edge, John Crotty, I can't thank you enough for spending the time with us here on Chelsea Mike Top. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Mike. Hi, this is Ashley Cole. You're listening to Chelsea Mike Top.
0: Thank you to the Miami Heat for helping us out with those interviews. Such an American answer, and I think it's fairly commonplace that we see now. People throw their support behind the clubs that work for them, and FIFA, man, that's, that's just something that happens with it's, kids
1: these days. Right, it's remarkable how it's, it's not just, it's the access point for the game and the access point for a team, and all of a sudden you're away, and like, you see NBA players all the time tweeting during Champions League Tuesdays, they're watching... Paris Saint-Germain play like Galatasaray it's like oh what a great goal by Neymar and it's like wow it started from you playing a video game and it, it, I think as an evangelist of this sport like it, by any means necessary like however you want to get into this just as long as you're into it and you're part of this community I'm I'm all for it. I think it's amazing
0: who is your favorite player in FIFA Ashley Cole was a weapon but I would do an inordinate amount of man marking with Joseph Yobo
1: joseph yobo that was my (laughs) ronaldo
0: stopper yeah my Uh, ronaldo stopper was joseph yobo
1: am i dating uh, myself no no everton's finest right he he was he was like uh to me (laughs) or or was he with wigan no he was
0: everton's finest
1: at the time yeah yeah for me it was uh this is an obvious answer but i'm gonna go for aguero i've always tried back in the most broken version i think it was fifa 11 The R1 circle, the R1 shoot, where you would bend it top corner like every single time. And with Aguero, is just every single time you get a goal from that.
0: Yeah, but maybe Reese James is going to be one of these like Ashley Cole type FIFA hacks with Mm. the pace and the crossing and the marking.
1: But no matter which team you start with, you're going to want to sign Reese James. Yeah, going to want to sign Reese yeah. James.
0: It was weird how much Yobo played for Chelsea. Honestly, <laughs> like perhaps at the time, considering the generation <laughs> of players Chelsea had, maybe right. not a part of that first team, but his overall rating was probably significantly lower than everyone else's. I'm what was it about you. Yobo? Was it the pace? It, it was his pace. Yeah. Being able to stick with the Ronaldo's and the Messies of the world—crucial to my Champions League campaign. I actually, I have another FIFA 07.
1: <laughs> I have another Everton shout. Do you remember Royston Drente? He was like this little, tiny little five foot four winger for Everton, and again, it's the same thing. It's the pace. He was just faster than faster and quicker than and, everyone else in the game. It's so weird that Everton was like a feeder club for <laughs> our, our managerial
0: campaign, managerial exploits.
1: Uh, let's get into
0: three of uh, my favorite words put together and mm. double match week. Yes, we have a match against Newcastle, Chris Whittingham, and Chelsea.
1: are gonna win it, right? We hope so, uh, and it's... I mean, if Almiron finds a way to stop scoring. Yeah, Miguel Almiron is just on a you r- ridiculous... did it to me again. I, well, what? I, I, you know, he's Paraguayan. All right, just... I okay. know you enjoy it. All right, Miguel Almiron, the way that he's playing, uh, is just incredible right now. He's an, a former Atlanta United player. He was, was their record signing until they went and smashed it for Joe Linton, uh, a Brazilian uh, from the uh, Port- from the German league, excuse me. And Miguel Emerald went like a year without scoring. He was actually sort of like this really hard working, hard trying guy, but he couldn't get a goal. And uh, he scored in the FA Cup replay that they played in midweek against Rochdale. And he's like the only player that right now has any hope of doing something for Newcastle. They have something like 14 or 15 injuries to their senior squad they're having difficulties right now even fielding a bench so chelsea going away now st james's park is one of those grounds that translates to television for a big match it's at night it's dark it might be raining at st james's park that's one of the cool premier league grounds to go away to so it's really only that away atmosphere that can put chelsea off but given the state of newcastle right now they have to be feeling like they can go away and get and get a win here
0: and then we got arsenal as well yes. so newcastle we expect to take 3 but as you said it's one of those grounds yeah. newcastle could use this, so could Chelsea. As Chelsea have done well to keep their place in the top four over the last couple of weeks,
1: but really Man- good away from home, too.
0: Yeah, Manchester United, obviously, right behind them. There seems to be a decent amount of points now between them and Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Another, uh, yet another mention of that 2-0 victory there and how huge that was. I told you they've shown
1: the rest of the Premier League that the Emperor has no clothes. Right. I think Tottenham would be in a really good position right now if they had won that game. And the fact that Chelsea beat them and you're starting to see them drop more results. Harry Kane. Yeah. and, And the injuries are piling up for them too. I think Tottenham... They're nine points off it right now. Look, they can get back into it. They have enough good players, but they'd have to make a signing for me at striker and have to, you know, get on a run. I think right now Man United and maybe even Resurgent Arsenal are the only teams right now that can really give Chelsea a chase. Well,
0: you mentioned Arsenal and Chelsea are playing them again here, not far removed at all from that classic 2-1 victory in which Jorginho got the Chelsea mic'd up rub, even though you guys listening at home had no idea that he had (laughs) already met us. But Arsenal come in, but there is a key player
1: missing Arsenal in this match, which plays well for Chelsea's chances. Yeah, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang uh, went studs up into a tackle on Max Meyer of Crystal Palace, and horror tackle. And it was so weird to me, like just to watch the debate. I was like, "Well, should he have been red card?" It's like, guys, he went studs up into the ankle. You see it, you see it, kind of cave in. Yeah. Max Meyer is so lucky to have not been injured. But, yeah, it's a three-match suspension for Young. So it'll be up to Nicolas Pepe and to uh, Alexandra Lacazette and Ozil to carry the attack. And
0: David Luiz from 60 yards of out. Of course. Goes- <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, uh, David Luiz, always a threat to score against Chelsea. No, but uh, I-, I think... Arsenal are a team right now that are really taking on the ideas of their new manager. I can say his name again if you like. Uh but do it. I know you want to. Mikel Arteta is just absolutely got them playing an entirely different brand of football right now. But they're not really picking up that many victories. They're playing well. It's sort of like it's a collection of moral victories that Arsenal have so far. Uh, For them to go away to the bridge in a London derby and get a victory, again, they're also playing under a really tight schedule like everyone else is in the Premier League. They haven't really had enough time to bed in this new philosophy. So uh, it might be a bit early for them to go away and get a win at the bridge.
0: We will get to your votes in a second here about our midseason awards. I I really appreciated all the uh, engagement that we got at Chelsea FC in USA on Twitter. Some really interesting responses there. But before we get into that, let us once again dip our toe in the transfer waters.
1: Yes. We have the Times' Duncan Castles is reporting, which is a great name for a transfer reporter, who says uh, that Chelsea are very interested in signing central defender Lewis Dunk from Brighton Uh, a reported 50 million pound valuation on him Uh, to me it would be most similar in terms of profile of the player to Gary Cahill a player who played well in sort of the lower parts of the Premier League yeah he was with Bolton Bolton. Wanderers with Bolton Wanderers at the time a little bit older Lewis Dunk is 28 which is a bit older uh, than you'd expect for a Chelsea signing and a player who's defended really well for Brighton and and maybe deserves that next step up he's er earned an England cap already so Lewis Dunk 50 million pounds is the latest to be reported to be linked with uh, with Chelsea. Ake made his way back
0: into Bournemouth, and I kept an eye on him. They actually tried him out at left back yeah, at they did. times, and I thought he was really struggling to keep possession mm-hmm. in that game. It could be expected someone being rusty after being away for an extended period of time. But Chelsea, as you've mentioned, have that buyback clause that they mm-hmm. have to act on if they decide to yep. in this very window for $40 million. So when you talk about the Lewis Dunks of the world, Chelsea need to weigh that with what Ake can provide to them in terms of service. Maybe some of those needs have dissipated a little bit with the emergence of Reese James, but we've seen an injury to Reese James and the
1: service issues they pop back up again. so And also maybe having a surplus at center back. This isn't, this isn't necessarily a well, team. Well, I thought
0: Christensen, welcome back to the fold. It's yeah. Maybe I. what I really appreciate from this manager, especially when you compare it to last year, is mm-hmm. Frank's going to give you the chance. If you impress him on the training ground, he's going to give you the playing time in a match in that starting 11. And we've seen players recently really rising to the challenge. I thought even Pedro performed really well in that FA Cup, and we hadn't seen him for a while Ross Barkley certainly, so far one of the good stories about that, and Callum hudson Doy took him a few chances, but obviously already paying dividends. So we have a manager that will not uh, shy away from giving you a chance if you impress, and that's honestly really good news for some of these players that, uh, look, Duncan and Ake, I, I, I'm not really sure they figure into the starting 11. They might be cup players, they might be depth players, and you going to a side in which you know that you have a true and honest shot to impress
1: the manager— that might help you come agree to personal terms with the club. For sure. And look, there's competition in this area, but there's also a thought that maybe center back could be an area that Chelsea improve. Rudiger, Tamari, Zuma, and Christensen is the group right now. Is that an area where you can strengthen? And All, is- the, play- all the players that you've mentioned have dealt with pretty lengthy injuries at times sure. this year. Where do you look at to upgrade? Because to me, if you're going to upgrade in that position, you have to get a really top-level player. And if they think Louis Dunk is a top-level player, then maybe you go and sign him. But it is... So clear that they can find depth from within the club that you don't need to make a depth signing. You, to me, if Frank Lampard identifies, I really like Lewis Dunkin's because he wants, he's picked him out to be a potential starter for his team.
0: All right. We are the official Chelsea podcast. That means that amazing admin over at Chelsea FC in USA is a weapon of ours, and we have (laughs) unleashed that weapon to put out, guess what, pulls. It's a brand new concept. I actually invented it. It's when I put out one question, and I pose several different answers, and you tell me which one's the most worthy. I think I'm going to trademark it. Either way, it was midseason, and we have our midseason awards. We're not actually giving them anything. This is what they get. It's a really terrible prize, but it's (laughs) content. So let's recap the nominees in each category. Chris Whittingham, hit me. All right, so let's start first with MVP. uh, Who is the midseason MVP for Chelsea? Wait wait a second, Chris, Chris, Chris. MVP. Yeah. That's like best picture. We have to decide on. You don't lead with Best Picture. Okay. This is MVP.
1: All right. So, we'll, however, right okay, now well, how I'm about, looking
0: at the, I'm looking at the run of show right now, and it just seems as though our Best Picture is Hair. <laughs> no, I I just sort of threw it together in
1: order. What if we did? Good shout. No,
0: what Hair? Our Best Picture.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, what if we did MVP like they do at the Oscars with Best Picture, where it's like we introduce one nominee throughout the giving of the other awards. I think that's going be and then close with the MVP. Very confusing on
0: audio. <laughs> But look, I've decided. Okay, we can save MVP. But
1: Best Picture is Hair. Okay, all,
0: all right. right, fair so, enough. So let's so. go. Let's go to the next one then. Best Goal of the Season. Oh man,
1: what are the nominees, Chris? So the nominees are Fakayo Tamori against Wolves. The Thunderbolt from was thirty-five yards out that came out of absolutely
0: nowhere. I don't know, but what David louise saw it when he was at home is like I can do that from twice as
1: far. <laughs> Ah, uh, Tammy Abraham uh, against Watford. Uh, that was a uh, that was a great goal. I believe. Make uh, no
0: mistake, David Luiz was wrong.
1: <laughs> right, of course. Oh, yeah, I mean if boot it booted in a Rose Z, there's no question about it. Uh Christian Pulisic his first goal for the club. I have to give him a shout, of course. And then Willian, that goal that he lashed in against Tottenham, we saw it. It was one of those where like I only see the bend of the ball. I didn't even see like where and height it went in. I just see bend. It looks like it's going in. Everyone around me go everyone around me goes crazy.
0: Ah, a vintage Willian move <laughs> and something that if you've followed his career, he's done several times and after that goal, he tried it quite a bit against Burnley. A vintage William goal with a vintage Willian move. But for me,
1: I think this is Tamori written all over it. Yeah, he was the runaway winner. 56% of the vote on at Chelsea FC and USA goes to Fakeo Tamori. Now, uh, newcomer of Man, the season. I think this one could be best picture because we have a team full of newcomers. Very much agree. So uh, our admin... Uh, went for three choices, and then other parenthetically tell us.
0: I'm sure other probably got so many more votes on this
1: category than some of the other times other was an option. Surprisingly, no, although there is uh, one person who tweeted back uh, no Reese James with the skull emoji, uh, which is to say that, you know, do better, admin. But you've only got three choices for names, and Rhys James is a new newcomer in a a weird way. Last
0: week, when that episode dropped, we had one very exciting Rhys James performance to talk about. Since then, there's been one whole other one. I'm sorry, but at the time, like one stellar performance... When you consider the names that he's up against,
1: probably not worthy. But, hey, we left other as an option. Yeah, and uh, t- Tammy Abraham, Christian Pulisic, and Fakeo Tamori make up the other choices. No Mason Mount in the poll as well. That was surprising. Uh, Admin, yeah. hey, we got to get rid of that guy. Well, I mean— it, Or girl. But, but he was uh, <laughs> he was in a very difficult— he Or, or, or robot. She, or bot. He, she, or bot was in a very difficult— position the genderless robot that runs the admin because you can only put three choices and the voting public has gone for tammy abraham with 54 percent of the vote other only picking up three all right match of the season uh so we have uh chelsea uh against ix in the champions league a lot mm-hmm. of a uh, lot of well actually there was that's the only champions league representative which is surprising given how fun the champions league but two wins in london yeah. derbies have the, to be represented the match
0: at valencia was absolutely bonkers too. yeah
1: and then the two wins in the London Derbies are what we put on the poll. Tottenham nil, Chelsea 2. Arsenal 1, Chelsea 2. And other, parenthetically, tell us. Uh, and the winner, running away, Chelsea Ajax. Really? 4-4. 53% of the vote. Which is funny that a draw can we debate garner this? so much attention. Yeah, go on. Now, now that, but, that I, game was nuts,
0: obviously. Right. I
1: mean, as a viewing experience, you sit down in front of the television to watch a match. That is everything you ever would want. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. But based on
0: principle and the fact that I was in attendance for (laughs) the the match at Tottenham and everything that was on the line, I'm going with an actual win over the draw. And my match of the year is the match 2-0 at Tottenham. Willian, the star with a brace. He hates Tottenham. That's my match of the year. Can I overrule,
1: Admin? Uh, well, it's not admin. It's the voting public. Can I overrule the voting public? You can. It was the second-place finisher with 31% of the vote. I'm of the a man at
0: people. I won't, but I'm okay. just
1: saying, you got this one wrong. Yeah,
0: and it's a, it's a totally fair— Are you with fair, me?
1: Uh, no, because I'm the
0: neutral observer. And, and you're so just I, going I, with, like, what was the craziest eyebrow-singing
1: experience? Yes. I mean, I remember— Jumping off my couch as the neutral observer, and just like I couldn't believe what was going on. We were screaming like lunatics watching that game, although we were also screaming like lunatics at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium because, look, if I'm not going to be a neutral observer when I'm standing with all the Chelsea supporters, and I hate Tottenham anyway, so you know, there you go. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a great experience. You see, so
0: you see, folks, I'm, I'm working on them.
1: <laughs> all right, so uh, best social media. Uh, this is uh, the next category. Uh, Michi Batshuayi, a runaway winner with 55% of the vote. Tammy Abraham would have gotten mine, and he did get mine, with 29%. Fakao Tamori with 10% and uh, 7% for other. Hat tip to Ruben Loftus-Cheek,
0: mm. who's had some fun with Callum hudson Doy's comments, too. Uh, hope to see Ruben back out there. More active on social media obviously, and certainly more active on the pitch for Chelsea. Get well soon, but I agree. Michi Bacuai is an absolute must-follow for any football fan. All right, so do you want
1: MVP next or hair next? All right, I think my judgment speaks for the audience here. Okay. Our best picture is best hair. Okay, so let's do MVP of the season. All right. Your nominees, Tammy Abraham, Jorginho, Mateo Kovacic, other, parenthetically, tell us. Now, this was a very close race. With 40% of the vote, the Chelsea FC and USA audience has determined that Mateo Kovacic is the MVP of the season so far with 40% of the vote. Tammy Abraham finishing second with 39% of the vote.
0: That brings Tammy Abraham's hardware still at one, but he is still nominated for best hair. Will he win? We'll see in a moment. But let's talk about this award going to Mateo Kovacic. And Chris, I agree with it. Mm. I agree because... I saw a poll out there posed by the Premier League and USA account, and they posted who's been the signing of the Premier League season so far. And all the responses, all the replies, and these are coming from avatars that have other clubs. They're saying Kovacic is yeah. the signing. Tell me who's been a better Premier League signing than Mateo Kovacic. Full-time now with Chelsea as they execute a clause in his contract that allowed him to be signed long-term while they were in the midst of a transfer ban. Mateo Kovacic has been incredibly impactful for Chelsea.
1: I would say Mateo Kovacic is most definitely most improved. like without Although, I mean, there's tons of competition there. Yeah. You go from players that you know didn't feature to now being regulars in the side. But I would go for Tammy Abraham just because finding a number nine, a homegrown number nine that can give you regular goal scoring in the Premier League for a club this big? Because we talked about the curse of the number nine shirt. And it's not just, I mean, obviously the number nine shirt is sort of figures in a role in it, but it's really more about the responsibility of scoring goals at a big club is just different than playing at other clubs. And the fact that Tammy Abraham came from within and scores regularly double-digit goals in the Premier League, he probably is going to get above 20 by the end of the season. To find a 20-goal scorer from within is such a big difference maker for a club that I, as opposed to finding a central midfielder who's solid, does a really good job and important job in that midfield. But I think Tammy as a find and what he brings is just so important to a Premier League club of this size that I think he's the MVP.
0: And shout out to all the people that voted for other Billy Gilmore just missing our (laughs) team MVP for the season. We now move on to our best picture, best hair. Yeah. And I have a feeling we're going to get a Chelsea mic'd up bounce.
1: Well, the nominees were Tammy Abraham, Come on. Willian, ooh. Olivier Giroud, man. And Ethan Ampadu. Ooh, this Ooh. is a, uh, admin put Ampadu up on there. Admin put a- Ampadu up there. He certainly now, had the, the, the hair discussion of the season, the hair transformation of the season. And with 5,700 votes on at Chelsea FC and USA, Come on. they went for the transformation. Ethan Ampadu no, with get 46% out. of the vote Guys, has won our best hair.
0: I mean, he's not even in the country.
1: <laughs> he's a, he like <laughs> Tammy Abraham, not a hair out of place. It's extraordinary for me. Best hair, other than Grealish and maybe Madison. Yeah,
0: well, Grealish went blonde. You see his most yeah. recent performance. Also, how does Grealish get away with having his socks so low? He's just he is just—he like, just wants to show off those calves. The calves are incredible. Yeah. And, if, and if and he's if,
1: clearly got a baby shin pads. Yeah. If like,
0: Aston Villa FC in USA had their best <laughs> hair, he would run away with it and best calves. But Tammy Abraham is a, a proper Chelsea player, and he's got the best. You got to be on the on the roster. You got to be available. Ampadu, also, I'm not crazy about the hair transformation. Mm. I liked Ethan's hair before. That's a take. Yeah. Audience, you got this one wrong. It's Tammy Abraham. I agree. Best hair. Only one trophy for Tammy Abraham. With And the hair was a runaway competition for Ethan Ampadu. This is... We got this one wrong, and admin's going to have to answer
1: for it, the maybe genderless we can, admin. Maybe we can fix this with the full season awards, Yeah, because we're we're going to bring this concept back. It was such yeah. a smashing success. We have to I bring this back, so. right? I mean, well, yeah, if
0: I'll allow you guys to have the trademark, patent pending, <laughs> polls. <laughs> we have a double game week. It's very exciting, and we have a lot to talk about on next week's episode of Chelsea Miked Up always bringing you great club-affiliated guests. We mentioned to you that uh, in the coming weeks, you'll be hearing from Reese James, who is better than Roberto Carlos. I think we can all agree. (laughs) So if you want to hear that interview and all the other ones that we're bringing your way over the course, we're here with you each and every week. It is Chelsea Miked Up. Subscribe. Rate, review, share with your friends, share with your supporters clubs. A lot of people still may not know that this exists out there and are dying for Chelsea content. So if you're striking up a conversation at a pub or with any other soccer fan in your weekly pickup game, say, hey, I'm listening to Chelsea Mic'd Up. Bring people aboard. We want to hear from you. Also, leave comments in our comments section on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is you listen to us. We greatly appreciate your support. I'm Michael Ryan Ruiz. I'm Chris Whittingham. Look, I love it. We so we sound like Golic and, <laughs> and Greeny right there. That's amazing. <laughs> Back and better than ever. We'll talk to you next week. Up the Chills.